Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for the many blessings you've done poured upon us all throughout this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word last, we'll turn to 2 Timothy in chapter 3. Now here we know that this is a book that was written to Timothy. It's believed that it was the, the last book that Paul wrote before getting his head cut off. And he's teaching Timothy to be a pastor. And in chapter 3 here, he speaks of things of the last days. As we get into our word, last. In Second Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. We see a lot of this behavior that he just mentioned going on in the world today, and it does definitely seem to be on the increase. And he says to turn away from that. That's to turn away from the behavior and to turn away from the approval of such things as well. Because we're not supposed to be tolerant of such behavior. People like to promote tolerance these days, but that's not a good thing when it comes to behavior such as this. We are to love everyone, even our enemies. But we don't have to love their behavior and be tolerant of it. And turn away from it, it says. And having a form of godliness, they present themselves as good and anyone who objects to their ungodly behavior as being bad. Turning things around like the devil does. And we surely see that on the increase today. And as he continues, For of... This sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. We have seen a lot of evidence of that lately with the behavior of the so-called educated those that have been in the universities that are rising up in their Antichrist movement, and definitely on the increase, and we'll see more and more of that. And then he gives a couple of examples here. Now, as Janez and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. 
But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, and purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He's given us the heads up on the increase of persecution that we're going to see the closer we get to the very last days. And it was already going on back then. He sure endured a lot of it. Timothy would endure some and others after that. All through the ages we've seen this, and we truly see it on the increase of today. As he continues in verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Very important point here that we got to emphasize. There's a lot of false teachers. There's a lot of increase in false teachers. And you always have to consider the source. Where did that belief come from? Where did that teaching come from? Does it come from God or does it come from man or from Satan? Consider the source always. Got to be backed up by the truth of the Word of God, by the inspiration of God, and by the power and inspiration of the Holy Ghost within the true believers of Christ. Once again, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Now he's getting into specifics for Timothy himself. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Reminding Timothy of his upbringing. He had a, a godly parent that looked after him. And... He's given him some assurance here of the Scriptures, as well as us. In verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The demand of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He actually defines the word perfect when he finishes the sentence of that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So when we're perfect, we are thoroughly furnished for all good works. It isn't that we are flawless and will do no sin and we'll never mess up or get anything wrong, no. But when we are thoroughly furnished with what we need to do the good works that the Lord has laid out for us to do, then we have reached that level of perfection in that manner. Not that we are flawless. There was only one perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. But through studying the Scriptures, the real Scriptures, the preserved Word of God that He has preserved for us all these centuries, when we study it, we pray, we listen to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. He teaches us, and then we become more and more furnished with what we need for the good works, which we need to really focus on because the last days are going to be, as it says, perilous times. And we are definitely entering into and have been in 
perilous times, but they will be on increase. What we see in the real world today is is just a, a tiny fraction of what it's going to be like as we get closer to those last days. And once the rapture kicks in and we're, all the Christians are taken out, it's really going to be bad around here. So trust in the Lord so you get raptured up and not have to worry about the things that are going to happen afterwards. All right, now turn over to Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 1, he makes a reference to last days also. And it reads in Hebrews chapter 1, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He made the worlds. Jesus Christ spoke everything into existence. Now here he's using the term last days, speaking of the days that they were in at that time. Not speaking of the last days of the prophecies of the things that we have yet to see fulfilled. But still the word last being used here, speaking of those days, and the things that they were exposed to. As it continues... He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged all sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he, At any time thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be in him a father, and he shall be in me a son. He didn't ever talk to anybody or say that about anybody other than Jesus Christ. Verse 6. And again, when the he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. And thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail." But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So we see here in the beginning chapter of the book of Hebrews an emphasis on the deity of Jesus Christ. As he was putting it there these last days, talking about the days that they were in, and the history that they were able to experience, and the things that they were able to see and interact with Jesus Christ, and then identifying Jesus Christ and His majesty, Jesus Christ, the Creator, and the one that 
made the provision for us to be saved and adopted into the family and be looking to awesome last days that we are looking forward to. Bad times for many, but some awesome great times for many more. All right, now let's look at 1 Peter in chapter 1. And of course, this is the Apostle Peter who became quite an influence after he received the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost with some awesome sermons we have recorded of his. And here, the letters written by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. This was a letter that Peter was sending out. As he calls strangers here, he's talking actually to any of those that are actually not of the children of Israel. Strangers would be those that were outside of that bloodline. So this is a letter going out to the, to the Christian Gentiles. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. This salvation to be revealed in the last time. When we receive that glorified body in that moment in the twinkling of an eye, like you read about over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, awesome experience, an awesome blessing, all by grace. And we're going to be able to have that glorified body revealed in the last time. Verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. It's going to be awesome when we have that beautiful, incorruptible body with no more temptations is that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When we have those temptations and when we overcome those temptations, that builds up a precious value and honor and glory that he's speaking of there. We will be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing, when we all go to judgment, whom having not seen, ye love. At the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom we have not seen, because he was talking to the strangers here, those would not have been those that were there witnessing the things that Peter was able to witness and be a part of. These are those that were outside of that, that have heard the gospel and have believed and trusted the gospel and yet not experienced a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the flesh, walking on the earth like Peter was able to do, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. A joyfulness that comes upon us that is beyond description. 
That's what he's speaking of, joy unspeakable. When we know and truly trust and believe in Jesus Christ, what he has done for us, and have received him as our Lord and Savior. Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified before the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. He's talking about the details that were given through the power of the Holy Ghost that had come upon the prophets, and they were able to write about the things Jesus Christ would go through. They were hoping to see that and experience that, looking forward to that. Verse 12, And to whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now here's some instructions how we need to react and be prepared. We need to understand that we have responsibility to bring honor and glory to the Lord in everything that we say, everything that we do, all of our behavior. She was giving us some instructions here. Wherefore, gird up the loins of thy mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, like, let's not go back into our old ways. We need to know that the last days are upon us. Judgment is coming. We need to be ready to be judged for what we have done. We've got to be washed in the blood. We've got to be found innocent, justified, as it says, which can only come by trusting in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and filled with the Holy Ghost that we referred to earlier, being the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven to indwell us. So we need to Gird up the loins of our mind. It means get your mind right and keep it right. It says be sober. There's so many people that love to pollute their minds and bodies with substances. Drugs, alcohol, and beliefs and behaviors. It's not just by substance that someone can be drunken in their mind. They can be drunken in their mind in their imaginations, or in their false believings, the believings of the lies. They can become drunken in their mind. So we got to be very careful. Like we read earlier, you got to consider the source. What are you believing? What are you trusting? What are you doing? Let's go back to verse 13 again. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought into you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That grace, unmerited favor. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Your ignorance because you did not know Jesus Christ. You know Jesus Christ now, so act like it. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. 
That means all of your interactions. This is not just talking ver verbally in conversation. This is your interaction, your behavior. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time in your sojourning here in fear, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that is perfect. That is infallible. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. There again, the last times reference is like the last times reference in Hebrews talking about the things that were occurring at that time period. The coming of Jesus Christ to take on flesh, to live amongst us, to take on all the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, to die on that cross, to shed His blood, by grace, providing us a pathway to salvation. Manifest, means revealed, in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. When we truly love one another, that shows the evidence of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost and the love of God that is flowing through us and to those around us. And here we see an awesome term in verse 23. Being born again. Born again. What does really being born again mean? It means we are quickened. We are brought back to life. Spiritually alive once again. A new creature in Christ. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Some assurance of the Word of God, some assurance of where it's coming from, some assurance of our salvation, the power of the blood of Christ to cleanse us from our sins, adopt us into the family, and we become born again. So awesome. All right, now look at Second Peter in chapter 3. Here we see some references to the last days to come. Peter, in chapter 1, was speaking of in these last days, talking about the time that he was in at that time and the things that they had seen and experienced. And now he's talking the future last days, the things that we have still to look at and are entering into now in Second Peter, in chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, 
that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Like, reminding us of the word of God. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. And we truly see this, an increase of the scoffers, more and more criticism and condemning of Christianity and the word of God. Verse 4, And saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Like, he hadn't come back yet, so what's the deal? He said he was going to come back, he hadn't come back yet. Those kind of scoffers is what he was talking about. Then they look around, they see things, and they ignore things. They don't even want to believe in creation. They don't want to believe in the worldwide flood. And they willingly are ignorant. And that's what he starts to teach us about right here in verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jesus Christ has kept this planet in existence and will keep it into existence as long as he wants to. Mankind cannot destroy this planet. Can he make it uncomfortable to live on by polluting it? Sure. But we cannot destroy it. Jesus Christ is going to be the one that's going to destroy it. It reads, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Like, a thousand years is nothing to Jesus Christ. He spoke time into existence, after all. He's outside of time. We're in time, and, and we suffer the effects of time, but Jesus Christ does not. So why is he waiting? He tells us why he's waiting right here. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. This promise was the promise to rapture us up and to have a new heaven and a new earth and a glorious, glorified body and so forth. That promise is not slack. Why has he not come and wiped all this out and brought us into the final judgments? He tells us right here. Read 9 again. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. He's patiently awaiting more to come in and trust him before it's everlasting too late. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Everything in existence melted away completely. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. 
How do you do that? By trusting in Jesus Christ, by confessing your sins. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking of them, of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. A look at the last days, the last days of this earth, before the Lord wipes it out completely, melts it away, and has a brand new heaven and brand new earth for us, in its perfection for us that trust and believe in him. So as it says in First John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's get clean, let's keep it clean, and be... Looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth. So let's all be found without spot and blameless. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. This is so inspiring when we get in there and we read about it and we see what we have to look forward to. And we know things are going to get worse and worse each, as each day passes. Help us be prepared for that. Help us have the strength and the courage and the boldness to step up and do the work you have available for us to do. Lead, guide, direct everything that we say, everything that we do, every thought that we have, so we can always bring honor and glory to you. Thank you oh so much for all of it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank y'all.